If it is broke, keep trying it and don't change a thing. That might as well be the motto for the Sacramento Kings this season when it comes to their three-point shooting and when it comes to the mindset of Buddy Heald as the Kings completely break out tonight inside the Golden 1 Center in their first loss of the season to the Los Angeles Clippers. The Kings will head to Christmas 13-20 and 20 on the year. Bah humbug indeed. We'll talk about this Kings loss. We'll talk about Tyrese Halliburton making history for the Sacramento era Kings, but he also admits that his turnovers were a problem tonight. You'll also hear from uh, head coach Doug Christie. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly for Sacramento Sports Talk Radio, now with ABC 10 News and Television here uh, in the California capital. And tonight was another one of those nights where I was just rubbing my eyes watching this Kings game because Sacramento, they just beat their head against the same wall and hope that uh, they were going to break through or, or make a dent. And, and it wasn't the case. This Kings team, when it comes to three point shooting, we expected them to be significantly better than they are, but they shoot like they are significantly better than they are. I actually asked Doug Christie about that. You're going to hear his response to my question about the overabundance of three point shooting and, and maybe over relying on three point shooting at the end of the podcast today. I can't say that the Kings being as shorthanded as they are losing to the LA Clippers who were shorthanded themselves, but still had Paul George and, and a, a good portion of their lineup available. I can't say that it's necessarily surprising and, and frustrating. Um, but I can say I, I'm disappointed overall with where this Kings team is at heading into Christmas at 13 and 20. Like I mentioned uh, that it's disappointing that this team uh, still struggles with adjustments. That was an issue that we put heavily onto the shoulders of Luke Walton. It's been an issue under Alvin Gentry, and it was an issue now in the uh, the fifth game for fill-in head coach Doug Christie. Now, of course, how much can you blame Doug for that when it's not normally his job and he's kind of coaching on the fly here with a depleted roster? I'm not here to point fingers at the coaches uh, at all. But the, the lack of adjustments for this team, the over-reliance upon um, three-point shooting and, and falling back on bad habits, which is isolation ball and way too many three-point opportunities for Buddy Heald, basically giving him the green light and flat-out enabling him uh, to shoot the Kings out of games. That's really been what this Kings team has been this season more often than not. And it's disappointing to see that continue anytime it continues, regardless of the context of the game, who's playing, who they're playing against, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But let's start with a positive. It's, I think it's okay for us to start with a positive in this game because Tyrese Halliburton once again was great. For, well, maybe not great. He was once again very, very good for the Kings finish with 22 points and 13 uh, assists, went 7 to 15 from the field. Uh, his distribution, as, as we've talked about a lot in recent games, has been fantastic in addition to him looking for his shot. Uh, he did turn the ball over 
way too many times. And we'll get that negative out of the way. He had seven turnovers. I think five of them were in like the first quarter and a half or something like that. He really had a, a bad night taking care of the basketball. And even with uh, the 13 assists that he had, if your primary floor general, your primary leader is turning the ball over seven times, you're not going to win too many games, regardless of what the Kings shooting percentage and offensive flow uh, look like. But all that being said, the Sacramento Kings got history tonight from Tyrese Halliburton in their Sacramento era. And this was tweeted out by uh, my, my friend and former co-worker at KHDK, uh, Franklin Cardicelli. Uh, he said that Tyrese Halliburton is the first Sacramento Kings player to score 20 plus points and dish out 10 plus assists in four consecutive games since Larry Drew did it in December of 1982. So, hey, the month is the same, but 1982, yeah, that's over 30 years ago uh, since that's happened. So it's the first time in the uh, the Sacramento era of this Kings team uh, that someone has averaged 20-plus points and 10-plus assists in four straight games, which when you think about it, it's not that's not like a mind-blowing number. It's very difficult to do, clearly. But in the modern statistical era of the NBA, that doesn't seem like it was an unbreakable feat by any means. So it's still history for Tyrese. It's still great for Tyrese. I also saw someone tweet out his stat lines of the last four games and say, Hey, these are all-star caliber numbers for Tyrese Halliburton. And I want to lean into that positivity and, and enjoyment of that. But in the, in reality, um, one, the Kings aren't winning games. So that doesn't help. Number two, in the Western Conference, that's not enough to be an all-star. Maybe if the Kings are winning and Tyrese is averaging 20 and 10 on the season, not just over a stretch. Um, but yeah, that's it, it's going to take a little bit more for Tyrese or De'Aaron or any guard in the NBA than averaging 20 and 10 four times to, to be entering their themselves into an all-star conversation. And to be fair, I don't think this tweet was suggesting that Tyrese belongs in the all-star conversation, just that he was putting up numbers worthy of an all-star. I will say he's putting up numbers worthy of a top guy and a leader on this team. Uh, and that's been made very, very clear. So we have to celebrate that accomplishment from Tyrese um, with the exception of the turnovers. He continues to play well, pretty, uh, pretty comfortable in that role. And again, like we talked about a lot on yesterday's locked on Kings podcast, or rather a, a couple days ago, if he can continue that when De'Aaron comes back, and I don't know how that adapts De'Aaron's role, if De'Aaron can continue to be that 20-plus point-per-game scorer in addition to Tyrese being a 18, 19-plus point-per-game scorer with the close to 10 assists a night, maybe a little over 10 assists a night, if, if you're really maximizing it, this Kings team is significantly better than they are right now, and we don't even have to consider uh, trading De'Aaron or trading Tyrese or thinking about this backcourt going forward because that backcourt will be set and stone like we're all hoping and expecting maybe they would be coming into this season. But in terms of Kings backcourt and Kings guards who are certainly not set in stone here in Sacramento, in fact, I, I believe very much that he's on his way out the door. Buddy Heald, who played 43 minutes in tonight's game now. I, I do try and always start with a positive if I can, and, and Buddy is consistently reliable when it comes to availability, uh, played a, a major amount of minutes, um, works hard, plays hard, so it's never a question of anything like that with Buddy Heald, but I will always question how much Buddy Heald has been enabled, and it really started with when Luke Walton came here and replaced Dave Yeager. Yeager was someone who held Buddy accountable, and it, and it put him in... Um, it didn't put him in, in Buddy's good graces, let's say that much. Uh, and Buddy was one of the the few players um, who we know contributed to Jaeger losing his job. Not saying that it's on those players that he was fired by any means. It was a compilation of a lot of things, but we know that Jaeger and Buddy didn't have the best relationship. But Jaeger had a leash for Buddy. 
We saw Luke Walton in his first season have somewhat of a leash for Buddy to where their relationship soured, where we heard reports that Buddy wasn't talking to Luke. He was very uh, vocal during uh, press conferences of how unhappy he was uh, with his role with Luke Walton, especially benching him in the fourth quarter. Then last season happened where Buddy could do absolutely no wrong, even when he was doing a lot of wrong. Luke Walton was continuing to say everything that Buddy Heald puts up, I, I expect to go in, something that has been echoed by every coach and almost every teammate over the last couple of seasons, which I absolutely hate. And yeah, you're going to hear Doug Christie say it later on in today's show. He says the exact same thing, which continues to enable Buddy Heald. And this team not only um, is okay with Buddy shooting uh, as many threes as he did tonight. By the way, he shot 18 three-pointers, went 5 of 18. I think he was like 1 of 10 or 1 of 11 to start this game. Ended up going 5 of 22 from the field. Not only are they okay with that way too high amount of three-point attempts by Buddy Heald, they almost are over-reliant upon Buddy and that high amount of threes, not just as a team, but specifically coming from Buddy, who, even if he is struggling this season, still is, unfortunately, the best shooter on this Kings team. Buddy Heald's been enabled. He has a green light when it should be at minimum yellow. And he has shot the Kings out of games before. The Kings offense as a whole was really bad in this game. They finished with just 89 points. They had only, I think, 36 at halftime, which was close to a record for them. Um, which is, and we, again, we were told coming into the season not to worry at all about the Kings offense. Well, I'm very worried about the Kings offense and have been uh, throughout the course of the season. Again, take everything with a grain of salt because De'Aaron Fox, who's a very important piece of this Kings offense, isn't playing amongst uh, many other names. Rashawn Holmes did return in this game, and we'll talk about him uh, in, in just a second here. But this Kings team is still way too reliant upon the long ball, way too reliant upon Buddy Hield. It's a bad habit, truly, more often than not, and it gets them into trouble more often than not. As tonight, they went 12 of 38, 31% uh, from three-point range. And again, out of those 38 threes, 18 of them came from Buddy Heald. That's almost half of their three-point attempts coming from Buddy Heald in this game. I mentioned Rashawn Holmes. He did return. He was wearing uh, some uh, some glasses after being out with the eye contusion. He was on a minutes restriction. Uh, he played only 17 minutes, four points, seven rebounds. Not really too much to take away overall from what Rashawn did. It was good to see him back. He looked like he was getting into the flow of things. The Kings as a whole got off to a slow start, not just Rashawn, uh, but it did look like there was some rust. Rashawn missed seven straight games, and now he's coming back to a very different team with a very different starting unit because of COVID um, or the health and safety protocol. So he's trying to figure that out, and you you definitely noticed it. But is there any reason to be concerned at all with Rashawn? Um, no. Not even in the slightest. The Clippers defense was good. The Kings offense wasn't. Uh, one thing I've noticed with Tyrese Halliburton uh, is that this Kings team is better in the half court when he's running the show. But transition wise, Sacramento was killed in tonight's game. We're going to talk about that still. Trust your or plus you're going to be hearing uh, from D Doug Christie a little bit later on in the podcast right now, though. I want to let you know today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Calm. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side of the game that's just as important, which is mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and they've teamed up with LeBron James. Yes, the LeBron James to help you train your mind and become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it and bulk it up. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like, of course, King James does 
basically on a nightly basis, although the Lakers aren't too good uh, as of right now. As LeBron says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge. And Calm even works for infants. I can say that from... with my own example, uh, you you heard LeBron talking about the rainfall on leaves. That's something that we use to help my baby go to sleep. I particularly love like stormy thunderstorm nights, uh, which Calm does have that too. That puts me to sleep, especially when I'm trying to nap during the day after a, a early morning uh, uh, shift at work. If you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you can get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron and using Calm, get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better with Calm. We absolutely have to give the Los Angeles Clippers credit for how they played defensively tonight. They made life very difficult for the Kings. They made life very difficult um, for Tyrese Halliburton in particular. They're doing a good job switching on pick and rolls. Uh, They were not giving Tyrese a lot of room to work. He definitely looked uncomfortable. The amount of turnovers speaks to that, of course. Um, And one thing they were doing really well on was help defense. When the Kings were trying to attack the basket, uh, the Clippers were rotating, cutting off passing lanes, forcing the Kings into bad shots. They also forced a lot of... um, either turnovers for shot clock violations or bad three-point shots to try and beat the shot clock. Um, So the Clippers did a good job, and that also contributed uh, to the Kings shooting as poorly as they did from three-point range. That being said, offensively, which is supposed to be a strength of this team, the the Kings didn't adapt. That's why I started out the show saying if, if it's broke, still don't fix it and just try and do the same thing over and over again. Don't change anything. That's what this Kings team has looked like far too often this season. That's what it looked like in tonight's game. The Kings didn't adapt at any point. Now, they did have a significantly better third quarter uh, than they did first half. They scored 30 points uh, in the first half. Uh, And I I apologize. I said they scored. uh, I'm sorry. They scored 30 points in the third quarter, but they scored 38 points in the first half. I think I said 36 earlier. It's 38 points, which is still far too low for this Kings team. So they almost matched that in just one uh, third quarter. And the offense looked better, especially in the second half of that third quarter. The ball was moving. The Kings were actually getting to the basket, and that was opening up good shots from three-point range. Buddy started to hit some shots. The Kings were spacing the floor better. Harrison Barnes started to hit some shots. He had a very quiet 18 points on 7 of 15 shooting, 3 of 8 from three-point range. But this team just does not adjust well. They don't adjust well, period. And and I know a lot of that has to do with the inexperience of this team. Um, A lot of that has to do with, I mean, I remember when Dave Yeager took over for this Kings team and we would ask him a lot about his philosophies. And I remember distinctly during preseason Yeager saying, we cannot do more than this. Like we, we like they cannot handle learning more than what we're trying to do here, which at the time was just very basic run and gun. And even five, 10, 15 games into the season, Yeager continued to say like, we cannot handle doing more than this. And with the, the, the little amount of practice time during a, a regular season as it is, it's tough for a team to grow in that area anywhere but on the floor. And we've seen this team try and grow in that, that area, try and learn how to adjust, but not been mentally strong and mature enough to figure that out. They fall back into their, into their bad habits, like I mentioned earlier with the three-point shooting and the isolation ball. That needs to change before this team is going to get any better. And I don't know if that's going to come from coaching. I don't know if that's going to come from whoever is the the head coach of this Kings team going forward. And by that, I mean next season and beyond Alvin Gentry is still the head coach of this team and will finish out the season as the interim head coach of this team, more likely than not. 
Um, or is that on Tyrese? Is that on De'Aaron? Is that on the on the court leaders to one, know how to adjust and two, make sure there's accountability amongst all five players on the floor that everybody's buying in to make those adjustments. And that when this team does start to revert back to those bad habits, those are nipped at the bud before they they get any any worse. We haven't seen this team be strong enough or mature enough uh, to handle that from a coaching perspective or from a player perspective. One thing I've noticed about Tyrese Halliburton over these um, these last five games with no De'Aaron Fox, um, Tyrese makes the Kings a lot better in the half court than they've been at any point this season. When Tyrese is the primary ball handler, when Tyrese is on the floor, period, the Kings are, it's like night and day difference with their half court offense. Like that's one of the biggest criticisms that I have of De'Aaron Fox is in the half court. We know how good Fox is in transition, but in the half court, Fox can rely a little too much on isolation ball. And so can everybody else on the floor with him. We've seen it happen time and time again. We talk about ball stoppers on this Kings roster more than fluid movement. With Tyrese, whether it's in the pick and roll, swinging the ball around the horn, sometimes it's too much movement and you want a little more selfishness out of Tyrese, right? We've talked about that a lot so far this season. So half-court offense has been significantly better with Tyrese leading the helm, and that's something that also needs to carry into when you are you get back to full health and De'Aaron Fox comes back. However, this team still should be getting out in transition significantly more than they are even with De'Aaron Fox out. Like I know Fox is the fastest player in the league or close to the fastest player in the league. And Tyrese is not nearly as fast as De'Aaron Fox is, but Tyrese is still young. He's athletic. He can push the tempo. And he had a gorgeous full court uh, pass, no look pass to find a, a cutting Rashawn Holmes for a breakaway layup. A fast break can be that too. It doesn't just have to be putting your head down and sprinting the full length of the floor like like uh, De'Aaron has, has been known to do over the course of his career. This Kings team needs to get out and transition more. The fact that they were torched, torched in transition uh, by the, the Clippers in this game. Uh, fast break points, 29 for the Clippers to six for the Kings. Like that can't happen, especially when transition is supposed to be one of your primary strengths. And I, again, I know De'Aaron was out, but that doesn't mean it goes from a primary strength to a weakness just because one guy is not in the game. That's not the case with this team. They need to be better uh, in transition for sure as a whole. And then when it comes to shooting, and I'm going to ask uh, Doug Christie about it. I've already talked about this a lot, but I'll, I'll make sure to, to bring up this number because I think it's important. Now, I'm not sure if these numbers have been adjusted for after tonight's game or not, uh, but the Kings are 24th in the NBA in three-point shooting percentage, 33%. 24th in the NBA in three-point uh, three shooting percentage. And in terms of three-point shooting attempts, they're 18th. So they take more, they're higher in three-point shooting attempts around middle of the league, a little bit below average uh, in, in three-pointers attempted, and they're near the bottom of the league in their three-point shooting percentage. Now, the good news is that they're not top half of the league because it would be terrible if the Kings were towards the top of three-point attempts per game and were as bad as they are shooting from three-point range. Because in, in recent seasons, the Kings have been at the top in three-point attempts. So... They're not shooting the ball as much from three as they've done in the past, thank goodness. But they couldn't afford to shoot any more threes than they are right now because at 33%, they're a bad shooting team. Like there's no other way to put it. 33%, that's a bad shooting percentage. And for the Kings to be as reliant as they are at times on the three-point shot, to be a 33% team shooter uh, sorry a 33% three point shooting team as a whole as a unit a group not just one guy as a group 
with the amount of shooters that we thought are on this roster with a guy that has elite shooting that is second only to Steph Curry, according to graphics that they like to put up all the time. That's not good. That's not good. You're going to hear Doug Christie talk about that. You're also going to hear about Doug Christie talk about uh, the experience from being the head coach of the Kings over the last five games. We don't know if uh, Alvin Gentry is going to be back after the Christmas holiday. Um, or if Doug's going to continue as his fill-in um, head coach role, but he's impressed a lot of fans. He's made a lot of fans happy, uh, and uh, he, he'll talk about what that experience has been like for him. You're going to hear all of that coming up here in just a second. Before that, though, I want to let you know today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through uh, the College Bulls season and the pro football playoffs, of course. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season with the NBA season now in full swing. We'll be close to the all-star break and the trade deadline. Of course, you can uh, bet on all of that. Uh, you can bet on basically anything when it comes to NBA basketball, NFL football, college football, sports. They have it all at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use promo code Locked On, all one word, to receive your bonus. That's free money for you to make money with from basketball to football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take Take advantage of all the uh, new and amazing offers available right now at Bet Online, where the game starts. Last chance to get your built bars before Christmas. In fact, it might be a little too late if you haven't ordered a, a box of built bars. It might not be under the tree or in the stockings by the time Christmas rolls around in just a couple of days. But better late than never. You can still uh, order a, a built box, a built bar box, and take a picture of your receipt and put it under the tree and let your loved ones know that it will be on the way for them. And if they've had a Built Bar before, they'll probably be very, very happy about that. Why? Because the Built Bars are delicious. They're healthy, uh, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, high in protein. Uh, they're incredible flavors. If you're a fruit lover, uh, like raspberry and cherry and orange, if you're like me and, and like Minty flavors, mint brownie is fantastic. Uh, if you're a chocoholic like my wife, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. There's so many options for you uh, to try. And, and truth be told, there aren't too many built bars. In fact, there's not a single built bar that I've had that I did not like. I certainly have my preferences, but I haven't had one that was like, nah, this isn't good. And that's coming from a very, very picky eater. And I know I've told you about that in the past. I want you to go to built.com. I want you to try just getting a mixed box. Let Built uh, Bar send you a box of, of just a bunch of different flavors for you to try. You will love at least one, more than likely some of them, maybe all of them even like me. Uh, and when you do order on Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Well, first, um, a lot of credit to a really sharp um, Clipper team. They claim, they came in uh, losing three in a row, and they, they needed a ball game, and, and they, they played well. Uh, Surge off the bench was big for them. Um, 20, 29 fast break points, but, um, you know, we, we, we have some things to work on. But all in all, um, I'm, I'm – so proud of our guys, the way that they compete and the way that they continue to um, to fight on a night to night basis. But, um, you know, hats off to the Clippers. They, they played a really good game. Uh, 43 minutes for, for Buddy tonight. Um, he couldn't hit anything in the first half and they finished the same way. Um, just what were you seeing that kept him on the court, especially 
uh, with his defense as well? Well, you know, like with Buddy, it's y'all every shot that he shoots I, th I think it's going in I think we all think like he is a he is a flamethrower in this in this league he can shoot the ball and it only takes one to to go in I was actually hoping it was the technical and he and he ended up missing it but just watching the ball go in playing with a shooter of that type of regard I know how how that is um as far as searching out and on the defensive end that's where you, you know this is about in the NBA today, it's about team defense. It's not about an individual. So we have to make sure that we're loading to the ball. We we're helping our players, and they got some, you know, offensive rebounds, some back cuts. Um, we'll look at it, but from an effort standpoint, to the guys they're they're giving it up. It's just some some fundamental things that tonight the, the Clippers took advantage of. So for for me uh, on Buddy is I'm looking for that shot to come in. There's there wasn't a better shooter in the gym. Um, he just didn't knock down shots. I want to stop there really quick because that's what I was talking about earlier on in the podcast. Those comments right there. That's what enables Buddy Healed, and I understand. Speaking in support of your guy who had a bad shooting night. I didn't expect Doug Christie or any coach to take the podium and drag Buddy for the bad shooting performance that he had. Like that's that's something that we do in the media. That's something that we do in, uh, as fans and discussions on podcasts, radio shows, stuff like that. That's where that belongs. Not necessarily in a press conference, but your head coach, regardless of who that head coach is, because it's now three different ones who continue to say every time Buddy Heald puts a shot up, I expect it to go in. You, those expectations are just false. Like you can't expect that anymore based off of what D Buddy has done this season. Buddy is a below average three-point shooter. He's not even close to the top of the league in three-point shooting like he's been in the past. Now he's close to the top of the league in three-pointers made and three-point attempts. But in terms of shooting percentage, I think last I checked, he was like 40th or 41st. Like Buddy Heald has lost that status of, and, and granted he used to have it for me too. When Buddy would put up a shot, especially a wide open three in transition, I was like, it 100% is going in. And, and the majority of the time, it did go in. This season, Buddy Hill will get a wide open three. And for me, at best, it's flip a coin. But more often than not, it's that's that's rimming out. That's not going in. Buddy ha it no longer has that. I expect it to go in every time he shoots or the majority time that he shoots expectation or reputation anymore. And I think truthfully, as much as you're trying to stand up for your guy, Doug Christie and other coaches and other players saying this continues to enable Buddy's bad behavior. And I mean, bad behavior in terms of his shooting and his play on the floor, not anything off the court, of course. All right, let's get back to Doug Christie. Doug, it's obviously more, you know, challenging when, he, when he's missing shots for you guys. But from an offensive standpoint, it seems like, you know, just overall the team struggled. What were you seeing that was kind of leading to some of that? How much did you putting so much of that workload on Tyrese? Maybe? Yeah, uh, when you got a player like Tyrese, uh, we, we try to keep the ball in his hands. Uh, sometimes I like to see it 
coming from the second side, you know, that's when you, you paired up with Fox and now all of a sudden it, it becomes really difficult. I thought that in the first half, the ball started sticking as opposed to continuing on passing up a good shot to get a great shot, making a defense move from side to side, things that um, we just we just can't do, especially right now with so many different players out. We need to move the ball. I'm always of the mindset that, you know, 30 assists is always the number. We, we did get 24, but we really have to continue to move the basketball. Yeah, Doug, we don't know what's going to happen over the next three days uh, with some of your players coming back and with potential for Alvin to come back. Uh, if if you do get people back, just what has this five games been like for you, this experience that you're getting, and uh, how much are you taking in? So if you do get an opportunity down the line that uh, you've taken notes and you're, you're going to be ready. Um, this is probably the most invaluable thing that that I could experience right now. I mean, I, I can't really kind of put it into words as far as learning on the job. Just here you go, figure it out. Um, the, the team has been spectacular. All the staff has been great to try uh, it, to help everybody in this COVID time. But me in particular, I think the ability to um, be on the sideline, be in that chair, um, see what what happens at different times, the responsibilities that go along with it. Like it's a, it's invaluable. So it's a lot. I, I don't know when I'll get a chance to process all of that. Uh, but uh, I've you know whether whatever happens, I, I've truly truly enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I, I love those guys for the way that they played. They they really played their hearts out. Hey, DC, you were asked about uh, shooting a little bit earlier. I wanted to build off that. As a team, uh, this season, you guys are shooting 33% from three-point range. And I know Luke's philosophy was a, a high volume of threes. but And I know this team can get hot at any given time, too. But do you feel like maybe this team gets a little over-reliant upon three-point shooting and has this season to where it can almost become detrimental? Um, when they don't go in, it always looks like that. You, you know, um, would you like to see... I'm more of get a bucket that that's, that's my mindset. Like I know it's threes, 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 but uh, you got to read and take what the defense gives you and different things like that. Uh, they didn't go in tonight. We've had some games. We've set uh, franchise records in threes and on those nights, it was all good. So um, we're going to continue to, to work it, take what the defense gives us. Sometimes it's threes. Sometimes, yeah, maybe we are a little reliant upon it, but um, that is, that's the name of today's game is, is being able to knock down shots, but twos, threes, they all add up. So I'm with both. You've heard from Doug. Now I want to hear from you. You can uh, let me know your thoughts on Buddy Hill. Let me know your thoughts on Doug Christie about the being a future head coach of the Kings or just the job that he's done over these five games. Talk about the poor shooting for the Kings as a whole, where this Kings team is at at 13 and 20 here uh, at Christmas. Whatever you want to talk about, send it to me at Matt George Sack on Twitter. You can email me at gmail.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave your thoughts down in the comment section down below. Please leave a review of the Long Time Kings podcast if you had not already. Apple Podcasts and iTunes, still the best place to do that. You can leave a little blurb uh, there. And I encourage you to. It's been a while since anyone's left a, a little blurb about what they like about the podcast, why they would encourage others to listen. It's also a good place for honest, constructive criticism, which I always read and take to heart. So I appreciate that. Please do that. And if you listen on Spotify now, you can leave a, a, a 
there's no comment section or anything, but you can leave uh, a five-star review. I'd, I'd hope it's five stars, but give it the honest rating that you think it deserves. Um, and I encourage you to stick around for tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast because I've had a lot of fun dreaming about the possibility of the Kings landing Jalen Brown to see if that is just a far-fetched dream or it could be a reality. I'm going to be joined by John Corrales, host of the Locked on or uh, Celtics podcast. He is going to join me to talk about that. I also had Serena Winters, host of the Locked on 76ers podcast on yesterday to talk about a potential Ben Simmons trade and whether or not the Kings could get that deal done with out trading De'Aaron Fox. You can hear her comments on that. Again, that's yesterday's show for you to go and check out. Uh, this will be, or tomorrow will be the last show before Christmas, so I can't wait for you to join me. Uh, and if you don't listen or if I don't speak to you and, uh, until after Christmas, I hope you had a, a very, very Merry Christmas. Hope you have a, a safe uh, and fun, festive time. It's been stormy and rainy and wet here in Sacramento, which we can definitely use it here in California, but it makes things a little more dangerous out there. But I hope you have a great time with your families. Have a great Christmas. Um, forget this King's loss. There's many more coming, and, and Christmas time makes it a little bit easier to swallow. I appreciate all your support and all your your, um, your your generosity with your time as always and can't wait to have you join me on the next podcast until then my name is matt george you've been listening to locked on kings part of the locked on podcast network